<laughs> I'm gonna take a bite of a almond. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of that SNL <laughs> skit when she's like needs energy and she's like, I need half an almond. Do you know what I'm talking about? She's like a target. She's a target register like quick always... cash register at Target. Almond moms. <laughs> Probably. What a thing called almond moms. Merce, I feel like Mercedes, you would know. <laughs> it's like, it's like the skinny, it's like skinny hell's obsessed moms who will only let oh, themselves hilarious. eat like three almonds. I feel like I'm sassy because I, I kind of clump those with bar moms, like not bar the exercise, like people who only have like a bar. Oh yeah. Oh, like for their bottle. whole lunch is like yeah. A, oh no, I I brought a bar, a protein a bar. bar, but I guess. <laughs> But a lot of people do that. So if you do that, that's fine. It's just <laughs> almost the equivalent of an almond to me. But what it really made me think of is, um, what is it? Bridesmaids when she's like, mmm, Jordan almonds. <laughs> she's like sweating profusely because they got food poisoning. She doesn't really want a Jordan almond. <laughs> And the way she like says it and eats it, it's very funny. <laughs> Do you remember that part? I remember Jordan them being Alman. sick, but I don't remember the Jordan Alman part. <laughs> I don't remember either, but it makes me laugh anyway. <laughs> it's a very funny part. Oh, well, listeners, if you are a bar person and you just eat protein bars for lunch, we're sorry for offending you. <laughs> I'll have my bar at lunch. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, ladies. Enough about this. Let's shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. Today, we celebrate Mother's Day with a conversation about connecting with your child with Down syndrome. We know how important making meaningful connections with our kids is. So today, we're talking all about nurturing those connections what we're doing to develop the relationships with our kiddos, and so much more. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay, my ladies. It's, it's Mother's coming. Day. It's coming the best it's day Mother's of day. Put on your lounge wear and stay in your bed. It's Mother's Day. Oh <laughs> it's Mother's Day. Let the kids bring you some coffee in bed and a flower arrangement and a new necklace. That's it. That's the episode. Thank you for <laughs> tuning in. <laughs> Mother's Day. What do you guys normally do to celebrate Mother's Day? Oh my gosh. That's your best one yet. I feel like I have two ways that I celebrate. Either I've Out. planned ahead, I've got some girls together, and we're gone. Come the morning, we're out. That's right. Ooh. See ya, Jeez. wouldn't want to be ya. Out the door. Or 
I'm with the fam uh, uh, and we go to church <laughs> and we do the lunch and, wah, wah. <laughs> and they give me a gift and it feels <laughs> like they're all trying to be on their best behavior and like not look at me for direction, but semi kind of dance around me for direction. Yeah. There you go. The best, the best mother's day. So I'm, I'm, I'm out this year. <laughs> wake up and get out the door (laughs) the best way to celebrate mother's day is without your children Um, (laughs) to be gone okay so we're recording this episode ahead of time this will come out after mother's day so we've already celebrated however we did and you guys i often both of my mother and mother-in-law live in in the same city which is close to me so there is often like a let's all get together which usually it's us hosting and because we're like the neutral ground, although the other parents get on great. And then I just feel like, oh, I love my mother and mother-in-law, but I'm also a mom and it's also my day. And Josh is great at showing up, whatever. But this year we went to, we're going to, we went to Disneyland. Yay. Good. Because that's what we're place. doing for Mother's Day. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yes. That's right, and I'm gonna eat a churro, and I'm not gonna share it. Oh, totally. Is it filled? A filled churro? Never. No way. Never. I know. Mm-mm. Same. Andy likes Mm-mm. his filled. No, just a yeah. churro. You just need yes. like a classic. Churros are <laughs> a classic, warm. Yes. Extra. Swipe it around. Extra in the sugar. That's right. Extra sugar for this mama, and I'm gonna go on my favorite rides, and no one can stop that me. Sounds wonderful. So there you go. Try and stop me. Anyway. Try and stop her. True. Mace, Augie, <laughs> you can't. I love that. I'm going to start planning now. My ideal is to be gone most of the day doing the things that I like and I then that. come home to dinner. Oh, I love that. And so then the kids get to see me. You know, it's like kind of best of both worlds kind of a thing. But um, the key part, while well, I still yeah. have the littles. Before anybody grabs you. Before you have to make anybody breakfast. It's to get up and out the door. (laughs) Before you got to like get out while it's still like, oh my gosh, it's Mother's Day. You know, like I'm getting ready. I'm going to go, guys. I'm going to do something for myself and I'll be back for dinner. Like, yeah, woo, you know. Yeah. But if you try and like sleep in. And then it's like 10 when you're getting out, you're like hitting a real witching hour before like, do I step in for lunch? Are you guys still going to go to church even though I'm not here? What are you doing, Andy? I've stepped on your toes. I've lingered too long. Yep. You got it. You got this figured out. Take it from me. (laughs) Hear me. Yep. So I'm excited. I'll probably go on a hike, maybe go shopping. Beautiful. Definitely get a luncheon, a brunch in, you know, and then I'll be back, y'all. Have dinner ready. This is living the Mother's Day dream. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how this goes. We're going to have to report back. Make sure you, we're going to have to report back on social media. (laughs) I I, I hope so. Again, we're recording this at a time, so. Well, (laughs) I have all this attitude. (laughs) I have all this empowered attitude. (laughs) We'll see what happens. I love it. That's so funny. So great. 
How about you, Micah? We've well, we've talked about this before that I always was in in California, far from all the mothers of my life. And now I'm on the East Coast where I my my mother-in-law is a couple of hours south of us and then my stepmother-in-law is like an hour north. And I and still we usually usually it's still just my day. We just kind of hang around our house and I always on Mother's Day get to stay in bed a little longer. I have a husband who has um, some pretty passionate skills with his coffee making, and now he has been deeply embracing his espresso machine. So I have a, um, I'm sure I will get a cappuccino in my bed and have some fiction reading time in bed before I have to get up. Uh, But this year... (laughs) We will be going to my father-in-law's and stepmother-in-law's house because they are moving after having their house they've been in for almost 30 years. It's been on up for sale for years and finally sold. And it's been like a quick turnaround, like trying to get out of the house and everybody like, you know, giving like, you know, the whole thing where they're downsizing and all the kids are like who wants this bed and who wants the piano and all of that stuff. So yeah. uh, And yeah, let me know if you want the piano. Just kidding, Heather. I'm getting the piano. Yes. Uh, So the, but this is the, (laughs) we're going to Mother's Day there. It'll be like one of the last big hurrahs at their house before they move out. So that'll be a big. That is a big deal. Yeah. A big family moment. Yeah. I'm feeling so many feelings about this. I know. My grandma's house, my dad lived, sorry, my grandma was born in the house that she lived in for 99 years. Oh, wow. That is wild. My parents live in the house that I grew up in my whole life, still live Mm. there. And the thought of letting, it's like letting a person. Yeah, it's like it is. It is. Person. It's Whoa. really, it's a lot. It's really heavy. It is. It is. And it's, I think wow. it's like, uh, yeah, my, so my father-in-law, I think is, he's been so ready to like, it's felt too big for them. They've been ready to go for a while, but I think the kids were, we're all like, oh. so it's going to be, it's more of a loss for all the kids than for them. Uh, but yeah that's so sweet that's how i hope this house will be for my kids yeah yeah they'll be sad like i'm like you guys we've got to move on (laughs) (laughs) no my childhood Uh, yeah yeah so that'll be our mother's day (laughs) goodbye mother's day that's really sweet micah yeah yeah and hopefully it'll be warm enough to swim because they have a pool it'll be like the last swim too yeah. Oh, yeah. It was probably just kind of getting warmed up, huh? Do yeah. They heat it too. They do heat it, so nice. Ace will get in no matter what. We'll make it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how sunflower is. No matter what, <laughs> purple lips and all. Yes, totally. <laughs> when it's not. Um. Okay, you guys. Before we get started, I have a review to read from Mary S. She says. 
I look forward to spending my mornings with these three incredible mamas. I'm so grateful for their honesty and for shouting the worth of our kiddos with DS. <gasps> Thank you. I'm so excited to share the morning with you, Mary S. Um, okay, friends, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. We love hearing from you. Okay. I'm so glad there's people out there who like spending the mornings with us. I hope that we're warm and inviting like their cup of coffee or their mm. tea and that we're not too loud for them when they're mm. just waking up. You hey, sweet we should things. keep that in mind. We should just, <laughs> can we just calm down? Can you guys just calm down a little bit? People, it's morning somewhere. <laughs> Yes, we should <laughs> caption that on our episodes. This would be best listened to <laughs> after at night, noon, in the morning, Imagine. midday. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, so we're talking. We're we've been bantering about Mother's Day, um, but this this is really an episode about connecting with our children with Down syndrome, and I like this topic. It's it's a different way of thinking about. Uh, what it means to to invest in our relationships with our kids with Down syndrome who maybe connect in different ways than our kids who don't have Down syndrome. And, and I think especially for maybe the parents out there who are, whose kids are younger, who are still in baby or toddler stages, I think it's really good to start thinking about what it looks like when when what you think of as connection maybe is is going to look different with that with your children with down syndrome than what it what you think it might look like. So, this is my question for you guys. I have a question for you. Um what ways has nurturing your connection with your children with down syndrome been different from nurturing your connections with your um with your able-bodied or your neurotypical child or children and how has it been the same i will take a stab at this first it's been so different and so different with mason and august who both have mm -hmm. down syndrome but it's they're so different it's it's interesting as humans, and it makes sense that for me, I think this is just human nature, we connect with what we know. And there's a sense of like projecting onto other people, right? Like you're, you find like quick instant connections oftentimes with people who respond to the world the same way that you do, or who lean the same direction that you do. Like there's that natural human reaction to connecting. And then you have a kid who maybe doesn't like anything that you like, or likes is interested in things that you're not curious about and you have to learn to be curious about it. And then there's this aspect of communication and um, like August, I can sit down with August and we can just talk about anything and he'll, he has things he wants to talk about and we'll go on like a picnic together and he asks questions and he answers my questions and we connect in that way. And then if I hang out one-on-one -on -one with Macy there's very little talking happening. Um, 
partly because of where she's at with her language and also because that's just not how she connects. She's not a talker. Like language aside, that's just not how she connects. But also stringing five or six words together is still something that she's that she works on. Like that's still a skill that she's building. And so then it's different. Like I'll, Josh and I will joke, like I'll take out August and then he's hanging out with Mason and I'm like, August talked nonstop the whole time. And Josh is like, I think in an hour and a half, Mason and I said 10 words to each other, you know, like she's fine just sitting there. Um, And that is something that I still, even like 14 and a half years in with Macy I still have to learn and rec- to recognize that as Michael likes to talk about a lot, like the slowing down and just the beauty and the goodness in connecting in a way that I'm not used to connecting. It's such a practice for me, right? Like, or an opportunity for me to like, no, it doesn't, we don't have to be talking about a bunch of things. She doesn't have to like to go shopping. She doesn't have to want to get her nails and she doesn't have to do all these things that I, the ways that I feel best connecting. That's not how she connects. What an invitation for me to slow down, to step back and to lean in to who she is in all of her goodness as she is, right? Like it's not about she needs to be more like me so that I feel like I can connect with her. It's me getting to getting an opportunity, right? Like to to grow in my understanding of all the different ways to be human, including my little Macy. Do you guys does that make sense? Do you resonate with that at all? Yeah, I absolutely do. Go ahead, Mercedes. I, yeah. I. My boys are also my talkers. They can talk all day. And Sunflower. It's funny because I've never noticed it. I guess I got to count it, but I think I'm such a talker. <laughs> and then, like, I'll... Like we get very little moments of just like one-on-one time and it's something I want to incorporate more, but I get to, the boys go to um, an in-person class Tuesday, Thursdays, and I get to hang out with Sunflower and Brave. And I definitely think I'm leading the conversations and Sunny will answer, but we get to do a lot of, we have similar interests, so we draw a lot. We will like paint a lot together. We go on walks together. She's just kind of easy peasy for me to connect with because we she'll she's easy to like bake with right now. And we'll start seeing her favorite um, Disney zombies music together. We'll go shopping. I don't know. It's it's interesting because I actually think she's my easiest one to connect with. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm always so hard eyes because she's my only girl do you know what I mean like I I wonder but she also we have similar interests and it's easy like she likes to ride her bike we ride bikes together um I don't know she's easier for me and she likes to play basketball that's where almost like the disconnect happens I'm like okay how long are we gonna play basketball together how long do I have to toss the ball you know which are also the ways that my boys want to connect. Um, and so I, I'm such a girl's girl and a girly girl that I love hanging out with sunflower and I find it easy. And then with my boys, I'm like, okay, 
I have to like really gear up and be like, okay, what are we playing trucks? All right. You know? So for sunflower, I feel, I don't know. Like I get that aspect cause she's not a talker, but I feel like, um, I feel, yeah, like we connect really well. It's really easy because mm-hmm. she, we have very similar interests is what I'm saying. We have very similar interests. That makes a lot of sense. Macy doesn't want to bake or color or draw or paint or go on hike. Like thing, there's a lot, like a lot of things I want to do. Macy wants to listen to music and yes. dance, which I also like to do, but that, but that's it. Like but- for time limit, not a time limit, but. Yeah. So there's like the language piece with Mason, but there's also she, we don't have a lot of similar interests. She doesn't want to go shopping with me. She doesn't want to get her nails done. She doesn't want to go out to coffee. She doesn't want, like, she's not interested in any of that. And so it is, and partly it's her teenage brain. I mean, Micah, you've got teenage boys. Part of it is like, I think a lot of teenagers are sitting on on their beds listening to music or on their phones or playing into like playing video games that's all they want to do they don't want to connect in any other way so we're in the teenage space too but she's never been one that wants to do the things that I want to do or even like the stereotypical ways of a parent connecting with a child like like baking let's go let's go cook Mm -hmm. together let's go you know like as a stay-at-home mom like let's go do these tasks together that this is what we do when you have a kid at home Mm -hmm. and you're a mom Mason's never been interested in that so it's been yeah it's it's been different with with my mm-hmm. little mace. Just got to put on some music. My boys always want to play <laughs> Pokemon battle. It's so hard. And I feel like a real scrub so because I'm like, I have no desire I to can't play Pokemon battle. play Pokemon with you. <laughs> uh, Mercedes, we went through Pokemon. Did you do it? In the early years. And that was, oh, it no. I was. Were you good? I feel like I need to die oh to myself gosh. and just play with them because that's a connecting point. But I don't know how to. I just say no. <laughs> yeah, just it's just like <laughs> there's too many out. details. Yeah. And I was like, Lord, help me. I just I, I can't support you guys in this one. And they evolve like there's I know there's like energies. I'm like, so I don't know, energies. guys, I'm already <laughs> semi good with games. <laughs> This is way more complicated. I'm proud of you for actually knowing this stuff, you guys. Can we use this elsewhere? <laughs> this kind of know-how. Anyways, yes. It's tricky. It's tricky. There's uh, – I was looking for this a second ago. Uh, I don't know how many months ago the author, Shauna Nequist, wrote on her Instagram some quote about parenting that – was like, you know, the best parenting advice she ever got was, was, you know, find what your child is most passionate about and, and just lean into that, like, you know, get passionate about that as well, or, you know, it was something like that. And I think that that is, I think that's amazing advice. And I think there's ways to do it. And there's ways that it's really hard to do it. And so I think in some ways, uh, ACE, like connecting with ACE is the simplest parenting I get to do uh, because his, what he needs for me is just the least complicated. Like, yes, it's like, there's a lot of complexities to parenting him in terms of his needs and what I, you know, probably ought to be doing. It, you know, blah, blah, blah. But 
he, in terms of just like love and connection, what he needs from me is very physical. And the way that he shows love and the way that he needs to receive love is like it, at this point, he wants me to jump on the trampoline with him. He wants me to help him do the zip line in the backyard. He wants to sing songs. And there's like, I know the songs that will make him laugh. And if I sing songs, you know, that in one particular way, it'll get the giggles going. There's the, there's just like the particular things that I can do with him that show him that I will give him time and that he matters to me. And my older boys, their needs are much more complicated. <laughs> and so like they are I, figuring out what they're passionate about and then learning to love those things can be really hard. Like my oldest son is passionate about film and he's passionate about like film, film. Like I, I can't even get my head around these directors that he's talking to me about and, and the things that he wants to watch that I am trying to, you know, do the research on and be like, no, I don't think so, sir. And, but I like the things that he, I will let him watch, but I don't want to watch because I am too anxious for the stress of whatever it is that he's going to watch. I can't handle watching stressful things. So there's things that I, I would love to be connecting with him over, but I really can't watch all the artsy, stressful films that he wants to watch because they, make me too anxious and uh and then there's of course the video game piece where like every once in a while I will play video games with my boys but I literally cannot turn around like I cannot make these characters turn I only know how to play Super Mario Brothers where they just go in a straight line. <laughs> I'm like, wait, guys, like, how do I face forward? And I'm still just staring at the like, ground. <laughs> my characters, they're like, mom, just give us the controls. Oh <laughs> so the, but, and my, so <laughs> connecting like over conversation is something that I have found ways to, uh, for both my teenage boys, or like Brooksy's still a preteen, but they both want to talk before bed and like making those times a priority where uh, I still tuck Brooks in. We talk about his day then, how he's feeling with August. He goes to bed after I do, but he comes in and lays down next to me and we talk while I'm trying not to fall asleep. Uh, and, and, and so, but, uh, yeah, it's like, I, I find that the, it, it get it's, it feels more complicated mm -hmm. and I wish that I could just connect with them by snuggling, which is my other high level connection with Ace when he just comes and gets in bed with me and we hug for 30 mm -hmm. minutes and laugh and tickle. There's so much good. of it is just parenting in general. Like I think about the story of the parent 
who is a sports fanatic and their oldest is a son who is an artist, right? Like <laughs> yes, totally. that you have to, you have to give up expectations right. of who you want your child to be. And then, like you said, learn about what it is that they yeah. like and do your best to connect with it um, and, and be available to them in the areas that they have interest. So part of it is just like parenting. You know, like if, if we were going to give advice to a new parent about connecting with their child with Down syndrome or a child who is nonverbal, it, sometimes it's so funny how it just leans over into just gen, parenting advice in general, you know, <laughs> like try to step yeah. out of your expectations yeah. that may be unrealistic and step toward your child mm-hmm. as they are mm-hmm. Down syndrome or not. But what, what advice would you have specifically um, if they have a child no matter what age with Down syndrome who is less verbal, who isn't going to sit and have a conversation um, or might, or a child who might have difficulty expressing wants and needs? Do you have advice for parents in that situation when it comes to connecting? I think um, because Sunflower is not um, very verbal at all. Like she's 10 now and she's saying a lot more, but I, I would say it's taken a long time for us to get there. Um, I think what's helped me is being comfortable leading the conversations and like Terry Brown has taught me asking yes or no questions. And then also when I'm conversing with Sunflower and I feel like it's getting kind of quiet, I like to bring up the things that I know light her up, like Disney zombies, like, ooh, we should watch that soon. Is your favorite character still Zed? I think just reiterating back to her what I see she really enjoys, and then she gets to jump in on that. So I feel... Like there was a time where I'm like, oh, I just want to know her. I want to know her. I want to know her and not realizing that I did know her. Maybe I don't know what she dreamt about or other little things, but like I gave up that expectation and I realized how much I do know about her and that she hasn't shared, Mm -hmm. but I just know because I experience with her because I know her whole life, you know, like I can know what brings her joy and I can know what maybe frustrated her that day. And I could bring language to that and she gets to rest and just gets to agree kind of a thing. You know, um, I switched my mindset and then also incorporated more yes or no questions. Um, and then sunflower will speak about things. And I, I feel like I elongate that. You know, like I go off of that and then put more words to it. And it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like a one-sided conversation. It feels like I'm helping her fill in the gaps so that we can connect and converse, I think. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Being okay with leading the conversation and using other cues for communication with your child. Yeah. I love that, Mercedes. And I think there's that sense of, like, I think that as you enter into this world where your children are not as verbal as the rest of the world and as what you maybe expected, um, you find out that communication can look a lot different and it can still be communication. And so 
you start to look for all the all the communication cues that exist and and you know also learning how to um, give your child opportunities to communicate and learning from the therapists in your life how to use pecs um, which are you know images that they are able to use to show you what they want or um, an AAC device on the iPad or uh, all the all of the op- like the things that are available. But I think too, the biggest things for me are just knowing Ace and knowing what lights him up. And so just this week, there's a song that's been in my head that, um, that is just like this, you know, it has a space for so-and-so likes to play. And I've been saying Ace's name likes to play all day. And then I've been putting in the names of his friends at school that I know. And it is cracking him up. So I've been going through eat like, you know, it's like when he's sitting on the potty and I'm like, he's he's it says, hey, so and so come play with me. And so I'll just say, hey, Emily, come play with me. And he is laughing every time I say one of the names of the kids at school. And, you know, it's just that kind of stuff. Like we know our kids, we know who they, who they care about. And, and that is a, a way he's telling me too. like, yes, I know that kid at school and I really like to play with them. And you know that I know them. And that's, that's a significant connection. Mm. That's so good. I'll say this about communication because I am connecting. It's interesting and maybe it's ableism and maybe it's something else. Maybe it's human nature. Maybe, I don't know. We can all decide together right now. It's interesting how much we believe, even if it's not spoken about, how important it is to be able to verbally connect with people and I think about my kids in school or when they're little and how I'll go to volunteer in the class and you know and then the kids the peers will come to me and be like how come August doesn't talk or how come Macy doesn't talk does she know like they just assume that there's that they don't know or understand something and that they can't connect right like there's this assumption that because you don't communicate verbally we cannot there is no space for connection um do you guys see that at all with with peers or other people who don't know your kids or don't know down syndrome or don't know what it like to love someone know someone who doesn't communicate verbally right so then i think how much of that is ableism and and just in a parent's journey um that we also have to undo that ourselves and I'm just thinking of a parent and maybe my my past self, and maybe you guys can relate to this, feeling frustrated because I wanted my parenting and my connection to my child to look a certain way. And it doesn't look that way. And maybe largely in part to the fact that my child's diagnosed with Down syndrome, therefore there's these certain characteristics that I don't know how to relate to. And there's like a frustration there. And we've talked about the more how there's grief and mourning in a diagnosis that is cyclical and doesn't just end. Um, it finds us at different moments in our lives and how we live in a society in a world that's telling us in order to connect with someone, 
they need to be and you need to be A, B, C, and D. And that's not happening with our kids with Down syndrome. And just how in my journey of being Macy and Augie's mom, um, there's been so much undoing. I know I say that a lot, but it's just the word that makes the most sense of ideas that weren't helpful for me um, in as a human existing in the world and then as a parent. And I'm just so grateful for the journey. So I think I'm saying to the parents, if anyone can relate, like it's okay to feel bad or sad or like this is hard and I and this isn't what I wanted it to be. That's okay to feel that way. Like I, I'm sad that I don't connect to my child in this certain way that I was hoping to connect to my child. I think it's okay to feel that and to say that out loud and to know that that's not the end of the journey. Um, because you get to, you get to move past it. Mercedes, you were saying it, like you shifted your way of thinking, you know, and you realized, oh, I know Sunny. I know her. She doesn't have to tell me about her dream that she had last night for me to know. Would that be nice? Yeah, sure. But that you know her, like we get to know our kids. And I have these moments literally every day with both my kids and especially with Mason this season where she's just like being herself sitting in a room. And I look at her and just think, I can't believe that I get to know how to love you with all that I am because you are so different. And we're in a world that has said who you are is not good, but I get to see past that and love you with all that I am. And that like fierce, deep connection that exists because she is my daughter and I am her mom. It already is there and it's beautiful. And I'm so, I just could never express how grateful I am for it as a parent for this journey and all the ups and downs. I feel like Heather, you're what you were saying kind of sparked something inside me because we've had lots of moments of that where sunflower is very physically capable but and then like friends want to play and then she kind of shuts down because she's not verbally very strong like verbalizing communicating socializing like that is not her strong suit so she shies away from it and I've noticed even when I even did my own shifting or even Andy doing his own shifting with how to like relate with sunflower how much confidence is required of myself how much confidence is required of Andy or how much confidence is required of the peer to lead that situation or to be okay in the awkwardness or to be okay and to keep trying if sunflower looks like shuts down it's just interesting when I meet or it stands out and it's a blessing. I shouldn't say interesting. It's such a blessing when I get to have a play date or meet kids at the park organically or at the beach organically, and they just can be themselves regardless of how Sunflower is being and decide to still connect with her. You know, it just takes so much confidence that I think as humans, we like to feed off of each other to gauge our confidence, to gauge what to say next, to gauge um, is what I'm saying relatable, what, you know, it's, it can be awkward. And we use so much of social cues for those things and how 
that is not the normal social cues aren't there all the time when you're interacting with a person with a disability. So you have to kind of have self-confidence in that and be okay to say, I'm going to lead this or, okay, I'll brush that off if they kind of shut me out or, you know, and it's just interesting. It is a lot of undoing and, and also personal growth. Definitely, Micah. Anything you want to add? I yeah, I think that there's just these images of of that at work all the time in our lives, and you know, I think of my two older boys in this very typical. They have this typical brother relationship with each other. I have a typical mother relationship with them. They are entering teenagehood very typically, you know, like all of those things. Last night, uh, they, they finished dinner early or before I ace and they ran outside to wrestle on the trampoline and ace was like shoving food in his mouth, watching them wrestle, like trying to get out there. And he finally finished and I was like, okay, okay, you can go. And he ran out there and he got on the trampoline and nothing changed in terms of their wrestling except for Ace just started running in circles around them. Like he was just (laughs) so happy, you know, like he was so happy to be there with them. They continued wrestling the same and they, he was doing what he does and they were doing what they do. And uh, every once in a while he, he will jump in on something like that and they will carefully include him. But I, I, I feel like that's an image of what we have. Like there's, there he is he is a part of that trio of brothers and he has his role and he has his ways of engaging and they have their connection and the way that they connect with each other and then they have their way that they connect with ace individually and and the way that they connect as a threesome and you know it's just like this really it's a beautiful thing and it's also just different than the world it's like they're never gonna look like the three brothers and and like it's not a river runs through it the the other movie I don't know but you know that that one three brother movie I'm the three brothers in the movie in that movie yeah the one I'm thinking of come on everybody read my (laughs) mind the other one with Brad Pitt um but that's you know it's what we have is beautiful and what like what all of us are invited to is beautiful. It's, it's the way that we find our way through it and it's how we all learn how to be together and it's how we learn how to connect with each other. And sometimes our kids connect by running around the circle and sometimes they connect by being in the middle of it. And yeah. We're just so dang lucky to get to connect with a person with down syndrome however mm-hmm. it might look. That's right. Um, I hope yeah. that everyone had a lovely Mother's Day, the mothers out there, and mm-hmm. let us know. We'd love to hear back from you um, over at the Lucky Few Pod Instagram, or you can email hello at the Lucky Few Podcast, the ways that you're connecting with your child with Down syndrome and that how that journey has been for you because we love hearing from you. Um, but before we head out, And in this episode, we're going to take a little break and then we'll be back with some good news. So think about what you're celebrating, ladies. 
podcast listeners, say it with me. I am a really good mom. That's right. You're a really good mom. I'm a really good mom. We need to say it together. One, two, three. I am a really good mom. The truth is we know that you doubt this because I doubt this because moms can doubt this truth about themselves. So guess what we've done? We put it on a shirt so that you, and let's be honest, really your kids never forget. Hopefully your kid or significant other already bought you this shirt for Mother's Day, but guess what? If they haven't, you are a really good mom who can actually go buy a thing for yourself, including this shirt, or you can ask for it for your birthday or Hey, buy it for your mom too. And you guys can have matching shirts. It's really perfect. We know motherhood can be so hard, but guess what? You're doing a good job. Head over to the lucky use code podcast for 10% off your order. We also have over there a lucky mama's shirt and a lucky mama's hat. We know Mother's Day is over, but you can still get that gift that you wanted. Head to theluckyfew.co, code podcast for 10% off. Hey, listener, mom, you're a really good mom. All right, we are back and it's time for, whoa, that was bad. (laughs) Go ahead, Micah. I'm just going to try to take it from you and I shouldn't have done it. Go. Oh, it's hey. It's Mother's Day and it's time for good news on a Mother's Day celebration <laughs> day. That's all right. Thanks. Um, <laughs> That's okay. That's okay, not it. the worst worst. <laughs> not the best best. <laughs> okay, I will. Should have left left it to Heather. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, we a few weeks ago. Uh, when this comes out, but just a few days ago when we're recording this, we're in Washington, D.C., um, on the Capitol meeting with our Congress people and our senators, our representatives, and we had a meeting with um, one of the staffers for Alex Padilla, who is a senator in California, and sat in a circle. We had other Californians in the room and some people with Down syndrome, and everyone went around and talked, all the people with Down syndrome talked about the legislation that we were pushing for that and why it was important. And both Macy, August and true all showed up totally genuine themselves. Mason, it was like my name head down, right? Like my name's Macy. I'm 14. <laughs> I don't know. And then that was it. Like that was great. Mace. <laughs> and then August is like, my name's August. I'm nine. I live in Redlands, California. <laughs> I had heart surgery. And then tells this like, like eloquent story about, his heart surgery and why his life matters. And we're like, who is this kid? And then true star like reads a poem basically that like this spoken word about how her siblings voices matter. And these other two men in the room, Dashiell and Brandon who have down syndrome talk about like as self-advocate. And it was just this, I guess the good news is watching people with down syndrome, watching my three kids um, in a, like the Capitol building in, in our nation's capital talking to a staffer for our Senator about like policies that affect down syndrome and why it's important and why we want them to join in. Uh, it was just, a, it was cool. I, I cried if anyone wanted to know, I just sat there with like tears. It was so, it was so fun to watch everyone just show up authentically themselves. It was great. That's so cool. That's my good news. Mercedes, Micah, you got any good news? <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, I Ace just had his birthday party 
and he turned eight. And we invited his class, his general ed second grade class, and about 10 kids were able to come from his class. Amazing. And it's been just a cool year to see how we were able to go from so uh, convincing his school to to try inclusion with him and just see how uh, much he's thrived in it this year and see how much it's meant to the students in his class and see these kids show up for his birthday. Um, it's been pretty special. So good news. Mm. I love it. Great news. I have some good news from a listener. Trisha Deanne Romero says, my son Cruz is counting to 10 and he sounds so, so cute. Go Cruz. Yes. I love That's that. Awesome. I love it. So fun. Okay, friends, we have to wrap it up and I have some fun news and a nice little coupon code for you all. So listen up. Friends, head over to theluckyfew.co to get your narrative shifting gear and use code podcast to get 10% off. Do it right now. I love this. This was new to me. This is new in the script. <laughs> Go shop at theluckyfew.co. Do it. Go. Um, and thanks, Josh Avis, for editing this episode and Ashley Fracolosi for producing it. And if you like this episode, share it with all of your family and friends. Don't forget to subscribe and what else? Let's see. Check out theluckyfewpodcast.com for show notes and all the things we talked about today. And be sure to follow us on social media at the Lucky Few Pod. And listeners, you are slaying it. We love you. We're cheering you on. And we can't wait to be back together again next (laughs) week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Micah, I'm I'm looking to you, girl. Okay, Josh, you know what to do. Just take take that that little little awkward. Sometimes you (laughs) got to get those awkward moments. You got to deal with that. Gap that. (laughs)